Hello, fools, and welcome to the Moncast. No, we're not doing that. We're not starting like that. I can call them fools if I want to. Hello, esteemed guests. I am Sam. And my name is Stevie, and the current score is 5-3 to Pokemon. This time we are discussing the ninth episodes, The Emperor's New Home, and The Little Bighorn. I just would like to clarify for everybody that I have had less than three feet away from my head people moving really heavy machinery and drilling into walls and removing literally my entire roof and then replacing it with a new one from like eight in the morning till five in the evening every single day for the past two and a half months. I was told it was going to be a three-week job. It was not a three-week job. It's cost me my soul. I'm very dead inside now. I am so very tired. And you're becoming significantly more British. I am slowly becoming so very British. Yeah, basically, we could not record, because if we were to sit and record, you would not hear me talking. It's been that loud. Why are you speaking so weirdly? I don't know why I'm doing this. I think it's because I'm cold. Also, I'm in a really cold room. It's minus two in here. and I'm slowly going to freeze to death during this episode, which apparently turns me into an old British gentleman. Tell my wife I never cared for her, mostly because I'm gay. But yeah, so we're back now doing episodes and hopefully not freezing to death. I don't know what's... It's going to be a weird episode, if I'm honest. <laughs> we are rusty, but we will do our best. First episode we're watching is the Little Big Horn. This episode starts with the narrator telling us they're in a city. He doesn't tell us which city, which means it's going to be filler. And then they're walking near bushes, which start to shake, and everyone freaks out. And then a pair of horns appear, but they think they're eyes because they're like antlers with a little black ball near the bottom of them so it looks like weird eyes ash uses his pokedex and finds out it's a stantler which uh when i was younger one of the pokemon i used to pronounce wrongly was uh stantler i used to call it stanler because i didn't see the other t it's a deer it's a deer pokemon oh dear it's not a deer pokemon it's the big horn pokemon but it's just a deer Brock immediately squats and scratches his head with his foot, which is like, that's that's quite dexterous for someone to do. I'm so tempted to actually just get on the floor and see if I can do that now. I can, fun fact, put my feet behind my head. Also, fun fact, I cannot get my feet from behind my head. I'm like a transformer that can transform one way, and then I need medical help. Yeah, I'm not going to try it. No, I, I, I wouldn't. But yeah, he uh, squats on the floor and starts scratching his head with his foot, and he says he's pretending to be a Stantler, because he wants Stantler to trust him. So he starts making his way closer, and then starts rubbing his back on the tree, on like a, a nearby tree, and then he notices that the Stantler's been hurt, so he reaches into his bag, gets out some Pokemon food, which is just food, but I guess in, ev- in this world they call it Pokemon everything, so it's Pokemon food. It's just like nuggets. It's always these weird little brown nuggety cylinder things whenever there's Pokemon food. The donuts. They're popcorn balls. Definitely not rice balls. Nope. Because our American or British brains won't ever be able to work out that you can get rice and pack it into a shape. We'd lose our tiny minds. But yeah, so he offers the Santa some food. I noticed that he's got a hurt leg. One of the, it's the front left leg, I think it's got a little mark on it. We don't find out why that happened. It just happened. It's just a hurt little bubba. It's got a little hurt on it. So Stantler emits this weird smell from the horns. And out of nowhere, this entire herd of Stantler appear, which start chasing Ash and Co. 
And did you see Brock's running animation at this point? He's at the front of the group running and he looks really short because he's obviously hunched forward. But because he's just got a plain orange shirt on, you can't really see the hunched shape. So it just looks like he's really short. What, is he doing a Naruto run? Kind of. He's leaning into the run to run away, but because he hasn't really got a pattern or something on his shirt that would show you that he's leaning forward. He just looks like he's short. Interesting. They manage to outrun the herd because they run a distance away and then they realise that the herd is gone, which I'm immediately like, they're an illusion because they smelled a thing and then they were suddenly there. I only worked it out the second time the herd showed up. Well, we don't get told it for another like 15 minutes. It's not 15 minutes, it's more like 5 it's something like 15 minutes till we find out that they're illusions. Is that like the eight minute mark? It's still a lot longer than it should be. But we see the Hurt Stantler limping away with the jankiest animation. Yeah, it doesn't look stable to say the least. But then out of a random bush walks Officer Jenny. Like, what is she doing in there? It's a routine bush inspection. She doesn't say, oh, by the way, I was looking for the Stantler or I'm doing anything. She's just in a bush and the, the animators are just like, yeah, we don't care anymore. Just have her coming out of a, a shrubbery nearby and that's fine that's that that'll be good enough the kids won't question that well i'm telling you now this grown-ass kid wants to know why there was just a police officer in a bush by herself i demand answers pokemon you're not going to get any but yeah so ash and co are taken to the police station and then given a bunch of exposition because this happens in every episode and this episode does feel very cookie cutter we've said it before but this really just feels like one of them they're in a place they see the pokemon title screen pokemon happens they meet the human they go to the human place get told the exposition they find the pokemon again they help the pokemon team rocket appears pokemon gets in trouble pokemon gets saved it's sunset that's how an episode goes and this episode follows it completely so now we're at the human residence being told about exposition and apparently according to officer jenny who is the only human in this entire police station again like hire a second one honestly just more than one person to solve all the crimes in a city, please. She tells us that there's been Stantler in the park scaring away families so they can't go in the park anymore because there's just this giant herd of Stantler. And then they suddenly hear screaming. So they head outside and they see Team Rocket running in fear. And I love this bit because it's Team Rocket and they're always brilliant. They're doing the motto, but they're kind of jogging on the spot. It's hilarious. Because they've just run away from the herd. I think what makes it funnier for me is not the fact they're doing the motto jogging on the spot. It's I imagine the voice actors in a booth somewhere jogging on the spot as they're saying the motto. And that just makes me really happy. Depends how dedicated they are to the roles. I like to imagine them jogging on the spot, doing the motto and being all happy. I like to imagine voice actors have, have like really fun jobs and they're really happy. Maybe they are. I mean, they played the best characters, so. That's true. Maybe they are the best people then. I'm really gutted that we've got like five more seasons till we get to anything that's Team Rocket focused. Like there's an entire set of episodes, I think it is, where there it's just Team Rocket. But there's also the chance that we won't get into them because they might not be within the first 50 something episodes of a season. If not, I might make us do a little special where we just watch those episodes because it's Team Rocket focused and they are the best thing. Well, Team Rocket are the best thing. So it makes perfect sense. What doesn't make perfect sense is that the local police force does absolutely nothing about Stantler in the park until three kids turn up. Well, maybe that's what she was doing in the bush. Setting up traps, maybe. I don't know. How do you handle deer in a park? Just leave them to it. They're not harming anyone. But these ones are trying to. I don't know. Get Pokemon trainers to catch them. Like you'd, you'd think their job dealing with Pokemon would help them be better at Pokemon. But I guess police officers don't deal with Pokemon enough. They just don't do anything. All they do is give exposition to the main character. That's what 
any officer Jenny does. They never do anything until Ash is there. So Team Rocket are explaining to Ash and Co. how they heard about Statler. So they wanted to catch them all and take them to the boss. But they had an entire herd appear and then chase them away. And then from behind a building, just one of Statler's antlers poke out and then emits a smell and everyone smells it. And then there's the herd again and it starts chasing them, which then Team Rocket freak out and start running away. And then Ash, Misty and Officer Jenny jump into the police office. Brock just stands his ground. He notices that the Stantler are running through lampposts and buildings. Because they're not real. They're not real. They're illusions. Illusions of the mind. Illusions of the nose. That's a pretty clever defense mechanism. If we look at this at a biological level, a Stantler emits a hallucinogenic drug from its horns. It basically throws LSD at them. I guess, but it's a very specific hallucination. It is very specific. And it's like a collective hallucination as well. Well, they don't all have to see the exact same positioning of deer. But going from what we see when Brock stands his ground, he sees the Statler passing through lamps, and then there's one that runs straight at him, and then Officer Jenny, Misty, and Ash all react as it happens. So apparently they all see the same. Yeah, you have made a very strong case, and I will buy it. I like to believe it's psychic mist it is slightly purple i think the mist might just be a visual representation of the psychic waves or something is stantler a normal psychic type or is it just normal it's just normal but it can learn psychic moves it's a lot of normal pokemon like that so yeah the stantler basically run through brock and he doesn't get hurt but for a second we thought he was hit that would have been bad Oh yeah, it's all it's all shot like he's been hurt. Which is weird, because if the Statner was running at him, he's suddenly then kneeling. If the Statner hit him, wouldn't he be on the floor, not just kneeling? Because the Statner would literally have gone through him. Like, watching it happen, it wouldn't have looked as natural. It would have looked really weird. But what did you think of this moment? Did you like it, or did you just not really care? I think if we had actually seen it in motion, it wouldn't have looked as natural and believable. But because of the way they shot it, it looked like a little bit of a tense moment. But it was an illusion, and then they learn about it being a whole illusion thing that the Statler can do. I actually really liked the moment, because it was super dramatic, and it built up to it really well. I quite like how this episode's focused on Brock more than anybody else. It's a good change, because it's different. And it's not like it's a big change either, like it's not a big noticeable thing, it's just that Brock seems to be the one doing the things. When it comes to it, normally when Ash would jump in and, and save the day, like Brock's the one doing it this time, and it's, it's quite nice. It's good to see him having his own little episodes. And I noticed, I'm not sure if they had like different music than usual, but it just seemed to be way better. If you weren't me, and you didn't figure out that they were illusions yet, that would have been a pretty tense moment. And I did like the the shots that they used, they were really good. But somehow there's half an episode left. Nothing's happened at the moment. They've literally seen a Stantler, and then they've seen another Stantler. It's weird. It feels like that's the big reveal at the end of the episode, but it comes eight minutes into it. And then it's just like, well, what are you going to fill the rest of the episode with then? Brock persuades the Statler to come into the police station and he's bandaged up its leg. And then they spend like five minutes explaining how Statler uses the scent to trick people with illusions and how Brock wants to be a Pokemon breeder. Like a lot of time spent on stuff that we've already figured out. Like they've shown us that it's an illusion, but they have to tell us like a couple times in a row in different ways that, that Statler uses the scent to scare people away because it's hurt and the sensor sense cause is an illusion. And Brock knows all this because he's a Pokemon breeder and he wants to be a Pokemon breeder when he grows up. So he's got to learn about all these things. It's like, yeah, we know this. You've shown us this. You don't need to tell us, show. You could have literally just said, so they were all illusions. There we go. That's it solved. This is like them filling in for the rest of the plot that they haven't got. 
because they only wrote it up to that point, it feels like, and then they just had to make it up as it went along. Guess we better pad out with Brock telling us how he wants to be a breeder, because it's his episode and he'll always get to tell us how he wants to be a breeder. It even has flashbacks to the start of the episode, in case you forgot that the Stantler was injured and Brock pretended to be a Stantler in the last five minutes. But at least we get some Team Rocket action after this boring conversation. It cuts to outside the window and there's a small cat periscope thing, which is what Meowth's lowering from the balloon which is above them to eavesdrop. And James says that he's acquired an anti-Stantler secret weapon. Yes. I have questions. Where, what, and why? Maybe this is what the police had in mind, but they never got around to using it. Do you know what's going to be so much more effective for catching a Pokemon? A Pokeball? Yes. Well done. Like, there are things in this world designed to catch Pokemon. This weapon's just a very big Pokeball. It's so extra. Why is it a huge deer? Why does it fire javelins out of its mouth? What is the third button that looks like a skull on the on the controls that never gets pressed? It's probably a self-destruct. Why all this? He spent all of their savings on it. He could have gone and bought four Pokeballs. They have Pokemon. They could have sent all their Pokemon out at the Stantler and caught it. But instead they have to go and be so extra and have this gigantic robot deer. Well, they do think that there's an entire herd of Stantler up to that point. Okay, but they are literally in a balloon above them. They're not geniuses. One of them's a cat. You're not wrong. So yeah, James says that he's got this anti-Stantler secret weapon and then it cuts to nighttime and Ash and Co are sleeping in the police office because why should they have beds? I guess they're going to sleep on the sofa and also floor. I mean, do they have bunks in police stations usually? Well, I'm assuming that people live there because that's the only thing Officer Jenny is designed for. But there's only one Officer Jenny. But I'm sure we've seen them in police offices before where they've slept in bunks in rooms. I wouldn't be surprised if they just had leftover animation they could use from when they've been sleeping in Pokemon centers before. I wouldn't be surprised if they literally just used the same animation from other episodes. Brock says that the Stantler needed a rest because it had spent so long being scared. And then Ash asks if he's tempted to keep it. And Brock says that he just wants to go back to its family in the mountains. And I like this little bit because they're just talking about Brock and the Stantler. And Ash responds in a way that a Pokemon trainer would. Like he's not telling Brock to keep it, that he should keep it. He's asking Brock if he's tempted to keep it, which is different. And it might be slight character growth. I don't think it's actually character growth. I think it's just them writing a line. But this makes sense as opposed to in other seasons where they've had Pokemon and he says that he should catch them or he should take them. He's now asking Brock, isn't he tempted? It shows that his moods change slightly and his his thoughts are less, oh, you should get the Pokemon. It's up to to the, the Pokemon and the person. But I don't think it's like legit character growth. I think it's just a line they wrote so happens to show growth give it like two episodes and he'll be like i'm going to take all these pokemon because that's what i'm here for because i'm going to be the best and catch them all but i won't catch them all i'll catch about eight percent so after the night time it is now daytime because that's how time works ash and co are releasing stantler into the mountains and brock puts stantler down stantler looks at brock for a second Brock does not put Stantler down. That would be a sad ending. (laughs) If he put Stantler down, that would be very, very sad. Oh, okay. Fine. He lowers the Stantler to the floor, but Stantler stops and looks at him, and Misty immediately says maybe it doesn't want to go back. So Brock starts just being generally mean to the Stantler, saying that he doesn't want it around and it should leave right now. I'm like, okay, but maybe it's just saying thanks, like you don't need to be a to Stantler. 
it is a very small injured animal and you've helped it and maybe it wants to be like thank you for helping me i'm gonna go now but you're like no get out of here you horrible creature you're like okay is there a rush do you have to go to the next episode or something real quick you've literally done half an episode you've got plenty of time to waste brock just let the statler go in its own time maybe don't leave the last impression it has of humans of just them once it was nice to me and now it's a jerk i guess this is what humans are I was sad. You were sad? It made me sad. Why? Because I wanted him to get the Stantler. I was about to say, but he's a rock Pokemon trainer. But to be fair, he has got a lot of not rock Pokemon like Zubat and Vulpix. He's just a trainer. And a deer would have been cool. It would have been pretty cool. The amount of problems they could have got through with just Stantler using its smell. Also, I only just thought to question... Do we usually see baby Pokemon that are actually just smaller and grow to be bigger? Well, Statler doesn't evolve, so... Yeah, but I don't think we've seen just, like, young, small ones before. Not outside of the Mewtwo film. Is that the one where they were the tiny Nidoqueens? Because they were tiny Nidoqueens. How does that work? I mean, eggs become deer. And then those deer get bigger, and they have eggs, somehow. I can't think of any other Pokemon we've seen have different sizes in the anime. Kangaskhan. I don't think that counts. I mean, Kangaskhan's just really confusing, because they just hatch from an egg with child. It's weird. So, Statler turns to leave, and he's sad because Brock was a d- Brock is now sad, even though he was a d- uh, I'm going to have to bleep all of these times that you say that word. I won't say it again. But Brock says to himself that Statner will be fine. And then it cuts to Team Rocket in the sky, looking around. They immediately find Statner. This bit doesn't really make sense. Like, it's just so quick that they let Statner go. Team Rocket's up there looking. Cuts back to Ash and Co who are back in the park. And, they, and then Brock looks over and sees Team Rocket. It's like, did he not see them before? <laughs> they were always in the sky. They've never not been in the sky. He has his eyes closed all of the time, Sam. It's just so weird how they were just over there. Like, it's not like the mountains were a mile away. It's literally just over there. Like, half a football field away is the mountains. Maybe he just has no peripheral vision. But yeah, so they see Team Rocket, like, oh no, it's Team Rocket. Better run back. And then James is there, and he presses a button, and this is where the giant robot deer appears. Mecha Stantler. It's not even that, it's just a deer. It hasn't got antlers or anything. And then it just fires a net from its mouth. Against the Stantler, though. Yeah, but why does it have to be a 30-foot deer robot? It's so extra. Because it looks cool. You know what would have been just as easy is a net gun that shoots nets or use your actual Pokemon and have a Pokemon battle. But no, they have to spend all their money on... like. Okay, it's bigger than the balloon. What are they going to do with it now? They do make a whole joke out of that, about them just leaving it behind. Like, in the next episode, oh, they're up against some fish Pokemon. Better use the giant robot deer. Oh, now we're up against a herd of onyx. Better use the giant robot deer. So they've used the giant robot deer, which I guess they're going to carry with them for the rest of their entire season. Just every time it's Team Rocket and the giant robot deer. My favourite Team Rocket member. <laughs> giant robot deer like it just doesn't make sense what it just it's bigger than a house but it has that quintessential team rocket flair to it why <laughs> apparently it's version 7 because there were problems with the others was it not big enough for them was it not a deer enough for them i just did so much stuff that said i absolutely love it because it's just so extra and of any person to have so much extra stuff it's got to be team rocket and especially james go big or go home yeah basically so they're now packing up the 
Stantler, which is just them like putting the net on the balloon because apparently the giant robot deer can't transport the deer now. It's just there. That's it. That's their, its job is to shoot the net and then also the spikes. They're packing up Stantler. Brock runs at them. James presses the second of three buttons and the robot deer opens its mouth and shoots spears which land in a wall to trap Brock, which is such an oddly specific thing for it to do. But it's very, very useful. The two things we see it do is fire a net from its mouth and fire a wall of spears like okay actually saying that i suppose if they had the spears they could fire them into a wall to block any pokemon from escaping and then fire the net which makes sense but also why has it got to be a giant deer it's to strike fear into the heart of their enemies but they don't want to strike fear they want to be able to sneak up to them the deer is a symbol it's a symbol of justice well, Brock sends out Onyx and crushes the giant robot deer, because of course he does, so we never see what big red explodey button does. Why animate this big, like, of the three buttons, it's the most interesting button, but we never see it be used. Maybe it digivolves to Skull Mechadeamon. So yeah, Brock uses Onyx to crush the robot deer, and then Ash is suddenly there and gets Pikachu to use Thunderbolt, and I was like, ugh, Pete, Ash is going to save the day, this is kind of dumb, I kind of hate it, because it was all a Brock-centric episode. But he doesn't, the bolt doesn't reach the balloon and Team Rocket are laughing, and then out of nowhere, from above them, even though they're in the middle of a forest, a Stantler flies through the sky and slices the balloon in two. How? I don't care, because it's amazing. <laughs> The balloon is floating like 30, 20 feet above the trees, but somehow a stanta comes hurtling through the sky and slices the balloon into, like not just the balloon, but the balloon and the basket get sliced from a deer, which, is it holding knives? Is there somewhere where there's like a robotic Team Rocket balloon that fires deer? Like a giant robot James that opens its mouth and fires deer? I don't know. Going by Team Rocket's logic. But all we know is there's just a Stantler that's being fired through the air at high velocity, fast enough to slice through an entire hot air balloon. That's cool, I guess. It's the power of motherly love. But whilst also slicing open the balloon in the basket, it also frees Stantler. In one, like, attack, in one flying through the air, it managed to do all these things. Stantler's falling, so Ash sends out Bulbasaur to catch Stantler, but misses? Did I just not notice Bulbasaur? He definitely sends out Bulbasaur, but then misses, and then Brock catches the Stantler. That's two times in a row that Ash has tried to help in this episode and just failed miserably. But we just don't mention it. Have I learned to filter out Bulbasaur because he's so boring at this point? He literally just gets sent out. It's like Bulbasaur used Vine Whip to catch Stantler, misses completely, and then Brock is also there to catch it. I remember Brock catching it, but I never noticed Bulbasaur trying. Ash tries to help twice and just fails both times, and are we not going to mention how Ash tried to help but just couldn't? No? Okay. That's fine. Moving on. He tried. Team Rocket land on the ground and they're surrounded by Stantler. And James says he's sick of these illusions and throws the remote. And it hits a Stantler in the head. And they're like, oh no, it's not an illusion. And then a Stantler runs at them and headbutts them and blasts them off. Again. And then it cuts to sunset because the end of all the episodes, it's always sunset. And then the Stantler's walking away and Ash and Co are waving at the Stantler because that's the end of the episode. And then the episode just ends. And I'm sad. Why are you sad? Because Brock didn't get a Stantler, and I wanted him to get a Stantler. Well, nah. Have you got anything else for this episode? Have you noticed that we get a lot less of just Pikachu being adorable than we used to? Yeah. Just like we've not seen Pikachu do anything. (laughs) In the first series, Pikachu would go off and do stuff with Togepi quite a lot, and... I can't think of it really happening much in Johto. Yeah, I I do feel like Pikachu's now just there to do the Thunderbolt 
any more notes or are we going to move on to the things the music's good yeah i did i did like um the music in this except when they use things like generic victory music uh yeah so shall we move on to characters all that stuff what was your favorite character my favorite character was stantler of course it was stantler was an adorable deer it's weird it's got a weird beak mouth also it's small and i don't know why it's small (laughs) but it's small it is kind of cute. Mine's complete opposite, which is Onyx, and it's not small or cute. It's just a giant powerhouse, and I don't get why Brock just doesn't use it all the time. Like, literally, a giant rock snake can fix so many problems. Just, what's that? Team Rocket are stealing something? Giant rock snake. Oh no, we've got to get these Pokemon to safety, giant rock snake. Oh no, Team Rocket using a giant robot to attack. I've got giant rock snake. Rock, paper, scissors, giant rock snake. It's the solution to so many problems. Just giant rock snake. Got some taxes you need to do? Giant rock snake. Honestly, Onyx is so good at his taxes. That's why you see so many um, Onyx accountants. It must cost a lot to feed that giant rock snake. It must. How many nuggets does it eat in a day? I assume he just op- like sends him out and just lets him bore into the earth. Just go and eat some dirt or whatever you eat, giant rock snake. I assume he just exists surely on the pure power of him being awesome. I really hope there's enough characters in Pokemon games to call Onyx giant rock snake. I hope so too. And what's even cool about a giant rock snake is it turns into a giant metal snake and then turns into even gianter metal snake with floaty bits. We did floaty bits for your pleasure. Okay, um, what was your favourite thing? My favourite thing is Brock being the focus of the episode because it just makes it different and new. My favourite thing was Onyx because it's a giant rock snake. <laughs> but I am going to change that to agree with what you said because I didn't really think about it when I was writing that this bit. But I do agree that having a Brock episode is really good. And I think what was also nice was it wasn't a Brock episode and then Ash fixes it, which we've had with Misty episodes. It was a Brock episode where Brock got to do his own things and it was nice. It was good. Maybe one day we'll get a Misty episode as well. We've had them before, but I'm pretty sure Ash helps in them. They've usually been bad or about girl things, which aren't inherently Misty things. Filler or not filler. It's absolutely 100% filler. I think it's very important because it shows Brock's growth as a Pokemon breeder. It also lets us see him use his skills as a Pokemon breeder, like they're getting close to Stantler. He knows it's hurt, so he's going to act a bit weird. It's a little bit like in Fantastic Beasts, Somewhere to Find Them, where the guy does the... Uh, thing. Yeah. But it is filler. But it is also really good that you get to see Brock interacting with Pokemon so much, because we don't really see that a lot. Just interaction beyond just going, use Thunderbolt or attack. It was nice. Overall thoughts. I think I mentioned before that it's a cookie cutter filler where it's it's the predictable plot and everything. The only thing that really gets changed is uh, the Pokemon. But saying that, it is also a Brock-centric episode, which is good. So it's filler and it's repetitive, like we've used it before. But the thing that's different about it is it's it's all about Brock, which I'm happy to have. Because there wasn't even really a battle in this episode, was there? thinking about it the, the only time there was sort of one was brock using the onyx to destroy the giant deer but that's like just that's just a rock snake being a cool rock snake and there was pikachu using thunderbolt but it missed and then there was bulbasaur using vine whip but it missed so they don't really count as battles because they weren't really against pokemon but there just wasn't really a battle in this episode yeah the battles aren't usually much to write home about also did you notice how like halfway through the episode officer jenny just disappears that's true <laughs> she literally comes out of a shrub <laughs> Tells them about the Stantler and then disappears. I guess she's done her job at that point. They don't need her anymore. 
What could she contribute though, really? Hey, Brock, you're holding a deer. That's cool. I'm gonna go. <laughs> just like she, they're there stroking the stand line. She's just looking at them. She turns, opens the door, walks out, and just walks into the forest and is never seen again. She just gets back into a bush and waits. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, I was in this shrubbery. She just disappears. They don't say goodbye to her or anything. She's there and then she's just gone. She's no longer needed. Just get rid of her. Do we animate her saying goodbye? No, it's not important. I mean, even Brock didn't fawn over her as she left. No, she's just there and then she's gone. Also, that is a pun that Pokemon missed out on because it's a deer episode and Brock's fawning over Officer Jenny. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was just a bad joke. You're so slow today. Yeah, my overall thoughts are it's definitely filler. It's really unnecessary, but I really liked it because it was just a heartwarming, wholesome episode about helping a Pokemon. And it was cute and about Brock. Next up is the Emperor's new home. this episode i'm pretty certain it starts with ken being interviewed by the news lady who is the one and only news lady he's mad and wormon tries to cheer him up but then he gets knocked out the way wormon gets knocked out the way and then ken's sat watching floating screens of the one interview but on many screens bit egocentric a little bit and there's lots of dumb things in this interview like how he's the best at donkey madness what I don't get about this interview is people think he's this amazing person and loads of girls fall for him and stuff. But if you listen to everything he says in this interview, he sounds smug and he sounds creepy. He's always like, I'm just the best at everything. It's like, oh, how are girls losing their absolute minds over this guy when if you look at him, he's just creepy. It's just really dull. No, he's the best ever and he plays Donkey Madness. Yeah, he's the best. He really likes his computer programs. I think that's his most attractive feature. His least attractive feature is his very boring, entirely grey outfit. Kind of like the design choice of his real-world stuff being really grey and, and monotone and boring, and then his digital world stuff. Like, it's the same thing as the the other kids, where when they go to the digital world, it's this big fantasy with all these really fantastical clothes. I like how his emperor clothes are just this giant cape shell thing that he has it's, it's really cool so i like the contrast between the, the crazy digital world and then just how boring he looks in the human world it just is so dull his favorite food is liver according to his dad but yeah so this there's this guy who is there when there's the interview this is the one guy which i think in the japanese version that's his manager or something who asks him to help his daughter with homework or something or help him with something but i know in the in the dub it's uh he asks for help with donkey madness but he asks for help by leaning real close to ken's ear it's like oh that's that's really intimate for a guy interviewing a child you don't have to be that close you can just talk to it there's literally no one else there the, the camera crew and everyone have left it's now just a man talking to a boy in a open space but he's got to get super close to the ear like this tell me about donkey madness Yes, we are. Today to talk about the game. It's so quiet that Discord cuts out every once in a while. Why are we doing this then if, we do, if it's cutting? Shall we just stop doing that? We should, yeah. But yeah, so this guy asks for help with Donkey Madness, and then he asks Ken to sign a thing. He signs a thing. Ken wrote something. Some of it was in Japanese, and some of it said Donkey Madness. Just the comic sounds plonked over the top. So then... Ken goes home, and then this is where his mum's like, I made your favourite food, it's like liver and stuff. Because you like to eat flesh. 
So it's always got to be something funny in Digimon. It's always got to be funny foods. They can't just eat regular foods like regular people. No, it's got to be lumpy mashed potato with liver and carrots. Ken goes to the roof, doesn't he? Yeah, he says he's lost his appetite because his family are talking a lot. You don't see their faces that much, so when they're talking, they're just throwing in loads of lines. And then he puts his chopsticks down, he says he's lost his appetite, and then he goes up to the roof of his apartment, and then he's screaming at the top of his lungs out at the world, calling everybody, like, they're not worth half of what he is. And it's like, oh, he's crazy. He's a crazy person. He's not crazy, he's just evil. A good way to spot an evil character is to see if they're saying fools unironically. It then cuts back to Emperor Ken, being spoken to by Wormon, and Wormon's asking if Ken wants to go and catch a bunch of Digimon to cheer him up. I like Wormon, and he's so abused. He's a cutie. He's lovely. He's like probably my favourite of the new kids Digimon. And he falls over, doesn't he? Yeah, and he can't get back up. But then he gets up. He's like, I'm okay, I got up. It's like, oh, Ken, why are you so mean to this little babber? But I think what's going on is basically from the start of the episode. Where Ken's already moved to the digital world and we're just being shown all the events up to it. So like the bit with him on the roof didn't happen in real time, but that's what's happened. He's just remembering it because he's just made the decision to stay in the digital world, which, you know, is a good decision if the real world's boring. But the gang are in a computer room discussing Ken. Easy says that they should find him in the human world and uh, confront him there, which is a pretty good idea. And then Yoli appears because she's not there yet with a bag of food and all the Digimon come running for snacks except Poromon. And then Yoli casts a little side eye at him being like, oh, don't you want any snacks? And then he just immediately flies over to get food. And I think it's really cute. She's got a magazine with her, which has got an article on Ken. So Davis snatches it out of her hand and she gets a paper cut because it's funny. And then Izzy uses his map program to which I say, what is that? What is his map program? It's a program that displays a map. In the magazine, it's got a photo of Ken stood outside his apartment block to work with an actual just map. Like, it's not like Google Maps or anything. It's just a top-down diagram of the city. He's Izzy. He can do whatever he wants. But the photo of Ken and the apartment haven't got any landmarks he can use except the apartment itself. So unless you physically see in the apartment, you won't know what it is. I don't know. It's Digimon. It's not CSI. Enhance and zoom, enhance and zoom, enhance and zoom. There it is. That's the murderer. He was just very, very small. He was murdered by a very small man. That's not how zooming works. She can't zoom into like three pixels wide and then enhance it to make it a crystal clear image of a man with a gun. That's not how it works, CSI. But yeah, so they find out where he lives and then Kari's like, I know this place. It's like, you saw the photo. Why didn't you just say? Because she's a girl. But she's like, I know this place. There's an apartment block right about there. It's like, yes, that's what we're looking for. We have a photo of Ken's apartment block. We're looking for it. And then we found it. And then, then Car- uh, Kari's like, I know that place. There's an apartment block around there. Yes, there is. Well done. Clap, clap, clap. You've done the thing. You could have said it when you saw the photo, but I guess you were too busy being a girl to, to, to do anything. I wear pink. <laughs> She's not allowed to speak until all the men have spoken. And then she can say something, but it doesn't add anything to the conversation. This is Gatomon. So then it cuts to Ken's mum, who is super concerned about Ken because he's really quiet. She says she can normally hear him scribbling sums and equations and stuff. Typing furiously or something. Apparently he's been quiet since the soccer match. And then Ken's dad, in a random decision, is like, I guess we better kick the door in. So he kicks the door in. There's a conversation before this. Ken's mum 
says that he might have booby-trapped his room, which I love because it means that he's probably booby-trapped it before, like a proper evil villain. Also adds to the fact that he is a little bit of a crazy person. So then his dad kicks the door in. When they do, they see that Ken's left them a message on his computer. And it's not a sad message. It's like, everybody's all worthless. And it's something like, uh, he's going away and their trivial lives won't bother him anymore. It's like, he just is an awful person. Why people like think he's great and amazing is beyond me. Because he has a girl's haircut. He has Kari's haircut with a palette swap. Exactly. It's the best insult TK's ever come up with. So the kids turn up outside of Ken's house just at the same time that police cars appear. And they see Ken's parents talking to the officers saying that he's run away from home. And they're all like, he must have gone to the digital world. Wow, we should go after him. But wait, maybe we shouldn't. It could be dangerous. Yeah, Izzy says, it's risky to rush into the digital world and just confront him, which makes sense. And then they open a map of the digital world and see loads of dark spires. And then Davis is like, okay, I'm going to rush in. And then everyone's like, okay, let's do that now. And it's like, wait, like literally 30 seconds ago, Izzy was like, it's going to be really risky to run in there. They've looked at a map. They've seen, yep, it's definitely more dangerous now. And, and then Davis is like, yeah, let's go in there and do the thing. And it's like this point in the episode where the entire plot just falls apart because why are they going there? What are they going for? To what, go and confront him now? Just all of them without a plan? They don't want to spend like two seconds sorting out a plan. Maybe get some of the other people, like the older kids. No, just guess we're going in there because Davis says we're going to. They've got to do it. Yeah, so they all rush in. They're all so passionate about it as they say out loud how excited they are and have to do it while standing stock still. And they do uh, a digiport open, but it's Cody's digivice being held towards the screen. Not Davis's, but Davis's says the word. So here we go is played and here we go is good. I like here we go. And they're in a fire area now. And they make lots of fire puns because fire. I think the writers should be fired. (laughs) That's funny. I made a joke. Wormon offers to fight instead of Ken controlling Greymon, which they casually mention. I'm like, ooh, Greymon time. So that gets me excited because I like Greymon. So the kids are walking along as a group and then just some Merrimon appear out of a pool of lava. And this is where the kids start to evolve their partners slowly. Not, you know, everybody evolve now at once. It's I'll go first and attack and fail. Then I'll go and attack and fail. And then as they're doing this, Ken's flying on some Airdramon and he sees Greymon walking through a forest. And then a dark ring descends on Greymon as it cuts to Cody evolving Armadillomon. There's so many digivolutions, it honestly doesn't matter. <laughs> so many. And it's not all at once. They're all just like spread out every couple of seconds. So Cody has Digmon. Digmon breaks the floor. Marimon fall into lava, but they jump back out because they're literally made of fire. Now it's TK's turn to evolve and they're really stretching this out. Cuts to Ken flying on some Airdramon whilst they carry Greymon through the air on some strings, which is really weird. Well, how else do you think they'd carry him? It's not even like he's posed differently. It's literally he stood in like the Greymon standing pose. It's hard to animate dangling. They did it in the last episode when they had the kids dangling. Oh, not really. They were still very stationary. So Ken says that he can control the Digimon even no matter how strong they get. Ken evolves Greymon, yelling for him to evolve into Metal Greymon. And I accidentally clicked uh, caps lock on my computer as I was typing. He yells for him to evolve into Metal Greymon, but instead it becomes Skull Greymon. (laughs) Which, to be fair, kind of mimics how I feel about it, because I like Skull Greymon. Skull Greymon's awesome. 
breaks free of the Eldramon and then begins to rampage. And then one by one, all that evolution that we've had, they all get hit and they start to devolve, except the two horse ones, the horse and cat ones. And yeah, I've got more to talk about this overall, but I'll just briefly say how I like how they've used Skullgreymon, because we the last time we saw Skullgreymon was in the first season. And Skullgreymon was kind of an important character who we only saw that one time. And Skullgreymon's important for Ty's growth and the last time we saw him was when Ty did a bad evolution so for us to see Skullgreymon again shows us oh this is a bad thing this is not what's supposed to be happening which I really like of, of, the, of the characters they could have used for this sort of thing Skullgreymon's the perfect one for it. It makes sense that he would Dark to evolve into Skullgreymon. And Skullgreymon's just really cool. Like, it's attacking the kids, then fires a missile which attacks a Dark Spire and just completely wipes it out. And I love the shot of the Dark Spire being blown up because it's all black and white and it's all like the explosion happens, but it's like one of those silent explosions of just whiteness. And then the Spire falls to pieces and then Ken blows a whistle and a group of Dark Tyrannomon appear and they're playing that song. There's just one of the songs and it's a really, it's a really good one. Get a digit on out. I like it because it's a really good song. But then there's three Dark Tyrannomon against Skullgreymon and he's just wiping the floor with them and I love it so much. It's just a, it's such a good fight because no one can control Skullgreymon and we learned last time we saw him that you've got to just let him run his course. She does eventually dissolve to Argumon and this is where Kari gets maybe her second line of the show and it's, that's Argumon. It's like, no, you mean that Greymon that we've seen last season that evolves from Greymon? We saw a Greymon and we saw it evolve into Skull Greymon and you're like, I wonder what that is. And it devolves to an Argumon and you're like, no way, it's an Argumon. Kari, come on, you, you should know this stuff. You don't need to tell us that it's an Argumon. We can see the Argumon right there. How come she only recognises him when he becomes Argumon and not while he's Skull Greymon? I don't get why that happens. Like, I know Kari's not seen Skull Greymon, but TK has... She would have been told about it, surely. It doesn't make sense that you'd be able to recognise a Digimon, ever. But she also knows what Greymon is. It's silly that they recognise him when D-Dig evolves. Because it could still just be any Agumon. We see Izzy at the computer and he notices all the areas where Agumon was protecting are now covered in Ken's control spires, which is pretty cool. It adds a new thing to strategies to the game, as it were. But I'll talk about that in a minute. And then the episode ends as with a, well, we'll be able to save Agumon and Greymon and all of those before the end of the show. I don't know. I don't know what'll happen next. Find out in the next Digimon, the digital of the monsters. Will he capture other Digimon? Who knows? Have you got any more notes? They're really bad at fighting fire Digimon. Yeah. And I don't know why, because they've done it before. They could all evolve at the same time and still at least divide them up. But no, they just attack all of them at the same time and everything happens to all of them. It just felt like they were stretching out time for the episode. They're not very good at fighting. No, they're not. But somehow they just wanted to rush in and defeat Ken. They had problems with three champion level Digimon. Like, come on, guys. Well, armor is like below champion i think any more notes i still like it when gatamon armor digivolves and you just get a shot of angelman just, just background angelman it just amuses me that there's only one i'm easily amused they clearly didn't think it through very well and Wormon is adorable yes he is okay then who was your standout character i mean how could it not be ken really he stood at the top of a rooftop and shouted out of the world, telling them how they're all fools. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting villain, to say the least. Also, he ran away and just left, like, the meanest message to his parents. 
I'm liking watching him do his thing. Like, even no matter how smart he thinks he is, he's still kind of a childish brat. He still gloats and does things to make people act less than him. I love it. My favourite character is Skull Greymon. Because you like Skull Greymon. Partly, but also, as I was saying earlier... The last time we saw Skull Greymon, it was when we were learning that there are good and bad evolutions. And it was important for Ty to learn that and and, because he was so reckless doing what he was doing. And and, and it meant a lot. Like, Skull Greymon's appearance carries a lot of weight. So to use him again whilst he's under the control of Ken, it really carried that weight along with it. Showing us that this is not what was supposed to happen. Even him saying Metal Greymon, it showed us that this is not what he wanted. And then losing control and being so powerful, like it just wiped the floor with everything, was really good. Like even Ken basically had to retreat at the end of it. But like Skull Greymon wasn't on Ken's side. It wasn't on the kid's side. He was doing his own thing and his thing was just destroy everything. And I love it. It's just a wall of power and strength and destruction. And it just, it, it showed us that Ken's clearly not as good as he thinks he is. He thinks he can control this really powerful Digimon, but he, he, he couldn't. And it was just really good. So yeah, Skull Greymon's cool. Yeah. I agree. It's also my favourite thing. I've noticed I've done this twice in the ep- in, in this episode where my fa- my standout character has also been my favourite thing. But just the fight, like I said, the music was really good. The fact that Ken had to try and stop him and score Graham on wipe the floor with every Digimon, it's just it was really good. But I think it was because it was like the big fight of the show. The other fights were the Digimon evolves, attacks the three Meromon, something happens, the next one Digivolves. My favourite thing is just Ken really coming out as an evil villain. Just all of the stuff like him. It's just so emo. Just things like shouting out, FOOLS! at the top of the roof. Or calling his parents' lives trivial. I do think I would love to know how I felt about Ken when I was younger. I can't quite remember. Maybe he would have been cool then, but now he just seems like a whiny kid. I think he's great. He's such a normal evil villain. The only problem with Ken for me is his human world persona is so boring because it's supposed to reflect his big personality in the digital world. So when he becomes good, they only have the boring human world one for him because that's the one they set up for him. Wait, Ken becomes good? We know this. We're not spoiler-free. We've said that from the start. We'll talk about future things. Unfortunately, they paint themselves into a corner with him, where when he becomes good, he has that reserved person, which is kind of cool, but it would have been nice to see someone who's a bit more boisterous, because he has the potential for it. We literally see his potential for it in the first half of the show. Filler or not filler? I think that it's not filler. Because it's sort of starting up a proper arc with Ken having Agumon in his imprisonment and trying to get him to digivolve properly. Also, like, Ken's just made the big decision to leave the human world behind. Yeah, that as well. Things are ramping up. But also, it's it's ended it at a cliffhanger, which is Agumon's being kidnapped. What do we do? So I'm excited for the next episode, because I know it's going to involve Agumon and Ty. The narrator says something about, are any of the kids' Digimon safe? And I'm just like, yeah, they are, because you can't be bothered to make any more Dark Digivolutions. I like it in concept, though. I like the idea of Ken potentially... Because he can restrict evolution, he stopped the old kids from being able to evolve to be too strong. So now he could just go and kidnap them all and use them against them. And I really like that as an idea. We know it's not going to happen because, like you said, there's no more dark evolution. But it would have been cool to see them have to fight their friends, which they do one time with Orimon. But I would have really enjoyed it to see it with other Digimon as well. Oh, well. Uh, overall thoughts? It was pretty good. I think it was really well paced. Well, apart from the Digivolution spliced in everywhere. Apart from that, I liked the sort of 50-50 split between Ken and the Emperor in the second half. 
I agree with you there. Like my only problem with this, this episode was the fact that they added five, four minutes of padding with the evolutions being so spread out. But I did like how different the first and second half is. I kind of like that in Digimon where there's human world stuff, which is all kind of muted and just the kids hanging out. And then they go to this crazy world and crazy things happen. Digiworld weirdness. Anything else or shall we move onwards? I just want to say that the episode crescendoed quite nicely because I think crescendoed is a good word. It actually did. The pacing in this was really good. Like, there were actually a lot of good things in this episode. It starts off with Ken as he's moved to the digital world full time, and it's showing us the flashbacks of leading up to that decision. And then we see the other kids doing stuff. Actually, this episode was quite Ken focused as well. Did you only just realise that? Yes. It's like the the whole episode was about Ken. The main focus of this episode wasn't the kids. They were sort of there literally just to be there for the episode. They were just there to act as Ken's opposition. Cool. Now it's time for Mono Way Mono, where we attempt to compare these episodes. The new Mons we had, we had Stanler or Stantler. It's a deer. It's a deer. It's not really interesting as a design. It just looks like a deer with a droopy face. But it's cute, and I liked its illusion thing. And then Airdramon's the other new one, isn't it? I think Airdramon's new. I think, but we could talk about it anyway, because it's in there for like two seconds. It's really weird how they fight Meramon, but all the time Ken's got the most interest in Digimon. Like, Airdramon's so much more interesting to look at. It would have been cool if they were fighting three Airdramon as opposed to literally three men made of fire, which we've seen before. The majority of the Digimon can fly. There's only Flamedramon that can't, which is interesting because he's the leader. But he can do Fire Rocket, which shoots him into the air. So Yeah, that. but that's not flying. That's like me saying that if I jump off the ground, I'm flying. What was your monster of the week? My monster of the week was Skull Greymon. Mine is also Skull Greymon because it will always be Skull Greymon. <laughs> and it's just an awesome design. It's creepy. I find it a little scary, if I'm honest. When I was young, I found it quite scary. But even now, I'm a little bit like, it's quite intimidating because it's huge and it's evil looking and it's gross because it's just bone with a weird fish missile in its spinal column. It's great. It's just so bony. But yeah, it's just this powerhouse that when it shows up, it just destroys everything and it's great. Who was worse, Ash or Davis? I've gone with Ash because he basically just failed to do anything the entire episode. Oh, okay. I said Davis because, like, but I used the same argument that you had. Like, Ash didn't do anything. I mean, neither of them really did much. It depends on your opinion of worse. For me, worse was which one was more annoying in an episode. But if you say worse as in who performed the, the least in an episode, it would be Ash because Ash tried to help twice and failed but like it was a brock episode and ash didn't try and butt in he let brock do the or didn't he he didn't let brock, uh, the writers let brock have the episode without ash need to butt in and even when there were times where he tried to help it didn't work where normally they would so it was nice to see ash step back a little bit and let brock do his thing actually in the last episode which is the snubble one brock was kind of focused in there a little bit as well because he was the one who was figuring out snubble didn't want to do the things yeah maybe they're just doing a bit of Brock stuff for a while. I would like to see some Misty episodes soon, if we don't mind, please, writers. And ones that Ash just lets Misty do her thing. Just more of Co, because we're bored of Ash. And have been for a long time. Oh, yes. But, you know, we've got so much more of him to deal with. So, who are we settling on as being worse? Uh, I kind of want to say Davis, because he was annoying. I didn't think he was that bad. He was only as Davis as usual. But Ash did a good thing by stepping back and letting Brock do the episode. Can you really say that they were better because they 
didn't do anything. They were better because they didn't hog the limelight. But then Davis was the one who made them rush into the digital world for no reason. I mean, what was the alternative in that episode? Plan things out. Well, I suppose if they then cut out all the digivolutions. Davis's actions gave us the evolutions. Sure. I mean, Ash didn't offend me or anything. So, yeah, I'll agree that Davis was worse then. Thank you. Because I... I Kind of liked Ash in this one. But I know in the next episode, he'll go back to being just an annoying child again. So, Which storyline did you prefer? I preferred Digimons a lot more. Same here. I mean, Pokemon's one of the mill filler episode. Digimon had this whole thing with Ken going on and starting to lead into actual development of plot. You can use the word crescendo again if you'd like. I think if I use it too much, it will lose its impact. It would decrescendo in impact. What's the opposite of crescendo, isn't it? Um... I don't know. I'm not going to Google this because I don't care enough. Do you want to tell me what your preferred storyline was? Mine was Digimon as well because it started off kind of slow, focusing on Ken and him deciding to leave and then it just ended with a battle with the best digimon and pokemon's was just really weird in how it it felt like it was finished at the eight minute mark and then they just kept going even then like the whole story was there was a stantler oh no there's a horde of them actually it's not real and that was the plot it just was so spread and so not interesting now we can go into similarities have you got any? Yeah, I said that the focus of the episodes are different people than normal, with it being Brock and Ken being the main people that the episode focus on this time. Yeah, they're both like character episodes. I also felt like there was noticeable stretching in the plot. Digimon, it was everybody evolving one at a time, and then when Pokemon, it was the entire second half of just like, what's going on? <laughs> we need a Stantler for reasons. The Mecha Deer was cool, though. Any more, or...? The other one that I've got is that the main heroes didn't actually manage to save the day in both of them. Because in Pokemon, it fell back on Mummy Stantler, or Mummy Stantler, depending on what side of the ocean you're on. Who just got fired out of a cannon and appeared 40 foot in the air. Pretty much. And in Digimon, they just failed completely to save Agumon. So, nobody won. Everybody lost. Differences? I've got... In Digimon, they've got returning characters. Meanwhile, in Pokemon, there were no returning characters. Apart from the main cast, but they're in every episode, so it doesn't count. They couldn't even be bothered with a filler character in this episode. No, they just had Jenny. In a bush. Just there, and then she left. What if Jenny was investigating giant footprints from the giant anti-Stantler thing? No, because they didn't get it until they decided to get the Stantler. Fine. That deer did not exist until they decided to catch the Stantler. Well, the only difference I've got is that Digimon can end on a cliffhanger, whereas Pokemon pretty much never does. It ends with the sunset in Pokemon. Always the sunset. There were big differences in how the episodes were framed. Like, it starts off in such a generic and boring way in Pokemon. Like I feel like if you had episodes, if you lined them all up, you'd be able to see a, a pattern in so many of the episodes that flow in exactly the same way. Whilst in Digimon, this was so different. Like The kids' stuff, the main hero kids, felt so inconsequential to the plot. They were just doing stuff around Ken's stuff. That was good. Okay, uh, which episode do you think deserves the point and why? I'm going to say that Digimon should get the point. Even though I liked Pokemon, because it was quite a heartwarming episode, it was still just filler. You liked it a lot more than I did. I mean, you just get bored easier than I do. You know exactly how it's going to go. You know they're going to find the Pokemon at the start. They'll see the Pokemon. Then it'll be the title screen. And then the human will appear and explain the Pokemon and give them exposition. And then they'll find a way to help the Pokemon. Team Rocket will appear and steal the Pokemon. And then either the Pokemon or the Pokemon's trainer will save the day by the Pokemon 
doing the thing that it couldn't do before. And then Team Rocket will blast off and then it'll become sunset and they'll say goodbye to the Pokemon and the person and they'll walk off to the next thing. And that's basically 90% of Pokemon episodes. So when you have that basic plot set out, just because they've changed the wallpaper in the room, the room still looks exactly the same as the other 30 rooms you've just seen. So, you know, in one episode, it's a Stantler. In another episode, it's an Eevee. But it, it's the same blob-shaped monster. The plot's still the same thing that's happened before. And it's just a bit like... Uh, I just There's no surprises. And I'm starting to get to the point now where I press play on the episode. And I'm not watching it. I'm waiting for the countdown to get to zero. I'm not enjoying Pokemon anymore. Like, there are good things. I'm not just giving up on it. Like, I, I, like today's... It was enjoyable to see Brock have an episode. But apart from that, it was boring. Did you not like the giant mecha deer? I liked how ridiculous it was and how extra it was. But apart from that, like, it's just the Team Rocket gadget. It's going to get broken before the end of the episode. Like, nothing in the episode actually surprised me. I wasn't interested to know how the Stantler appeared and disappeared. I wasn't interested to see how they're going to help the Stantler, because you know it's going to return to its people. There wasn't a mystery there that I felt compelled to find the answer to, because it's all inconsequential. As opposed to, this insane child has decided to give up on humanity and now wants to control this world. Well, we're giving the point to Digimon, aren't we, then? Oh, yeah, yes, please. Because it was better. Yes. It's 5-4 now, by the way. 5-4 to Digimon? To Pokemon. Somehow. <laughs> Join us next time where we'll be watching the 10th episodes. The Chikorita Rescue and the Captive Digimon. Haven't we already seen a Chikorita? Oh no, in the second episode, there was Baseball Girl. Baseball Girl had her own Chikorita. Okay, that's cool. I don't really remember the Chikorita episodes, so good. We're in the place where... I don't remember episodes of Pokemon. Nine episodes into the season, I don't remember what's happening. But it's not like I need to know. I can tell you what's going to happen next episode. They're going to see the Pokemon. They'll meet the person that the Chikorita has as a trainer or something. They'll help the Chikorita. Team Rock will appear, take the Chikorita. The Chikorita will fight back and then Ash will be like, Come join me, because you're one of the starters. And the Chikorita will be like, Yeah, okay, I'll do that now. I like how Ash and the Chikorita had the same voice. Then they'll find some way, they'll find some way for Bulbasaur to go. Sorry Bulbasaur, you've got to go now because I've already got the new ground when I'm Bulbasaur. Like, okay. Then they'll replace all of Bulbasaur's stock footage with Chikorita's stock footage. So now Chikorita can use Vine Whip to do the thing and carry the thing and whatever. I want you to do the outro with that voice. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher where we like catching reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, with the world's read an email, which are all linked in the show notes. I'm slowly becoming British now. Oh god, it's happening. Oh no, it's going on. I'm become very British and I'm very scared. You missed out the YouTube and the Discord, but those are in the show notes as well. Let us know your thoughts on which episode was better or which leader was worse, and we'll discuss them in the next Admon episode. And you can support me on Patreon if you want to, and that'd be great. I'm sorry about the awful British accent. And then whatever happened in the outro. Bye! This outro's a shambles. It's all on fire. Look what you've done, Sam. You've ruined it all. It's okay. It's not that bad. It's all bad. You've made it terrible. Why have you done this to us? We'll have to delete it and start again. Sam, just say bye to the people. Goodbye to the people. Bye! Stantler! Stantler!
Hello, fools, and welcome to the Moncast. You can't My call name is Stevie. Fools. No, we're not doing that. We're not. We're not starting like that. I can call them fools if I want to. They are all fools. Hello, esteemed guests. I am Sam. <laughs> esteemed guests. Yeah, they're wonderful people listening to us. You may think they're foolish, but I think they're very clever for listening to this. Uh, yeah. So this episode starts off with. <clears throat> Wait, I'm going to say that again because I lost my voice halfway through. Let me have a sip of tea. Let me replenish my Britishness. <clears throat> have you disappeared? No, I'm just thinking. Oh. I'm a very quiet thinker. I don't think I know any loud thinkers. Thinking! Loud thinking! Ah! I don't know. Uh... One sec. Bandit! Dude! He's now in the ho- the Hoover box. Mano in Mano, you're introducing it. It's not. It's 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 evens for you, and I'm odd. Yeah. This is episode nine, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, shush! I thought it was ten. Okay. You're so good at maths. Now it's. <laughs> I am the best at math. 